Oh. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Stop Wait, what? it. What did I say? Stop it. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm going now. everyone and welcome to pulling threads hey everybody what's up that was my subdued opening i liked it uh yeah i feel like i'm always like hey i always you know the vocals go up too high like spike hello and welcome (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we have a we have an episode for you today uh a guy named jake cliff what should they know you you're in your introduction you tell quite a bit about him Anything else you want to say now before we go to the interview? I mean, honest, he, he's just a nice guy. Uh, that, period. That's and you'll hear it. Um, yeah, you'll hear it. All right. Well, let's get into this interview with Jake then. All right. Cliff, do you want to introduce our guest? Yes. Uh, today we have Jake, and um, so a little story b- behind this. Um, when I began my deconstruction journey, I was just trying to consume all kinds of information from whether reading books or blogs online um, or checking out YouTube channels, which led to many a rabbit hole on YouTube. But I did come across uh, Jake's uh, channel, and it's actually called Jake the Atheist. And um, I will say in watching many of Jake's videos, he makes very controversial, bold statements through the sweetest, kindest, uh, <laughs> gentlest voice you can imagine. It, it was just kind of interesting, and, and I really appreciated what he had to say and the honesty uh, that he brought to his channel and, and kind of just doing what we're seeking to do and offering a safe space for people to discuss their journeys. So that that's what made me uh, want to reach out to him and, and, and see um, if, if he might be interested in being on our podcast. So, Jake, I know you'll probably talk more about your channel later on, and, and you'll kind of get into, you know, the content of it by just sharing your story. But, mm-hmm. uh, again, thank you for uh, joining us today. Yeah, well, Yeah, thanks for being here, Jake. We're excited. Thank you. Wow, that was that was a really good intro. I'm wow, you put that better than I could ever describe myself. It's our goal. Shucks, thank you. you. You do you do give off a really nice guy vibe yeah. on YouTube. I'll oh, say thank that. you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because people, I think, uh, like the whole atheist movement. Um, you know, they, there's a type like that people yeah. associate with yeah. with the, that label. The keyboard warrior. The like, I don't know. I've seen a lot of like you know pretension is that yeah word, right you know a lot of arrogance and like looking down on like people who are religious and stuff like that and that's something that i really try and like work against that's with my good. channel I, I guess sometimes people feel like they need to get involved in like every little belief yeah. that people have yeah. if it's like founded or not and just be like oh make sure everything is like perfectly well founded and you have to have a logical argument for everything you believe but it's like that's kind of a dick move in my <laughs> yeah. opinion that's kind of our yeah. society right um, now it feels like because everybody's yeah. i think stephanie said it like everybody's or not everybody but a lot of people's spiritual or religious or political views are just everywhere you can see everybody's you know as opposed to it being more of a personal thing because of social media but so will you tell us a little bit about your background sweater yeah so i was basically born into a christian family um i honestly don't think 
my uh, grandparents were religious on either side of my family, my parents, or like my, my dad or my mom. Um, so my parents were pretty much like first generation Christians. My, my grandparents on my mom's side were kind of like twice a year Catholics, mm -hmm. you know, they got, they go on like Christmas and Easter and something like that, but they were, they weren't very serious. And I think my parents were the first in their family to kind of really take Christianity seriously. Um, so I was born into that and, um, were they Catholic? I, or? they went with kind of a, I don't know, traditional American Christianity. Um, I don't remember the first church we went to, what their denomination was, um, but we kind of morphed into like the Assemblies of God, um, somewhat Pentecostal um, as time went on. Um, and that was the church that we spent most of our time at was an Assemblies of God church, um, which was, as far as churches go, it was actually like, pretty modern. Um, they had updated a lot of things, but they still held on to a lot of, uh, you know, traditional, like, you know, conservative and sometimes fundamental fundamentalist you know views of christianity certain things um there was another kind of half to my christianity as well that that came from like my my schooling and my education yeah my parents sent me to like a private christian school through elementary school um and they taught a lot of out of the like abeka and bob jones books which um if you know about those like that material is all pretty you know, traditional conservative, you know, all these, all these kind of anti-science, um, a little bit of like a, oh, there's a culture war going on kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, you gotta be, you gotta stand up for Jesus kind of stuff. <laughs> there's all, a lot of that kind of like woven in, um, to the material and, um, kind of after fifth grade, when I finished elementary school, it ended up being like a little bit too costly for my parents to kind of put three kids into public, into private school. So they pulled us out and they just decided to start homeschooling us because I think at that point they didn't want to maybe undo the work that they mm -hmm. had started with private private school and kind of put us back into public school or something. Um, so they kind of got, you know, got involved in that community. And that was kind of where a lot more, a lot of the more fundamentalist sides of my Christian faith came out with, you know, going to like homeschool conventions and stuff and just the kind of material that we would you know, be learning mm -hmm. from, um, at home was a lot more like traditional Christianity. And, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of <laughs> stuff that was like explicitly anti-science and like, you know, really claiming that like, oh, you know, the, the world is out to, to get you with their, their evolution and this and that. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of that in the material and like every subject, mm -hmm. they somehow found a way to like fit you know, some kind of message or tied it, tied it into the Bible somehow. And it felt, I don't know, it, it definitely felt pretty extreme. Can, can I, can I ask, uh, interrupt for just a second and ask something? Um, is that something that you felt in the moment or later on you were able to look back and, and feel it being extreme? Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Um, I, I would say a little bit of both because like when we would go to these conventions, they would have these really strict dress codes. And like, if you've seen shows like, you know, 19 kids and counting like these, like super conservative homeschool families, but like where the daughters would all wear like denim skirts and the sons would all have like long sleeve 
shirts tucked in like everything was like all like they covered everything basically and they're like those were the kind of roles that they had in place at these conferences and like you know it was all that whole like purity mm-hmm. culture kind of stuff that they would have um so there's a little bit of that and i noticed that kind of off the bat where my parents weren't quite that strict although they you know obviously for the conventions and stuff like that we would have to follow their dress codes but like at home we weren't we didn't dress like that all the time um it was so you know there was that first initial of you know kind of like noticing like oh this is weird people have dressed like this a lot and it's like that wasn't normal for us so i noticed that but a lot of the you know as far as like the teachings go that took a lot longer for me to kind of like realize Mm -hmm. um like the purity culture stuff i'd you know that i had kind of grown up with that since i could remember so you know it it wasn't something i would like read and i'd be like oh okay this is obviously wrong so why would you ever tell women this and you know why would you excuse boys for this behavior and all this this and that it's like that's something that i had to spend a lot more time kind of like learning about and you know hearing people's stories and in order to kind of like realize what right. was actually like kind of underlying these uh teachings so a little bit of both okay. i guess i would say so when did you start having some like when did you start we call it pulling threads but when did you have a moment where you're like i don't know about this yeah um uh, I would say, I guess a little bit more preface was, would be the benefits that I had from homeschooling were that I had a lot more like free time, you know, outside of my schoolwork because I would like wake up and just like dedicate like a solid block of time to get all through all my work and then I would have like the rest of the day free and that was kind of how we lived. So I, I kind of would learn side hobbies and stuff like that, you know, with my, my extra time and one of those hobbies that really caught my interest was like filmmaking and and you know, messing around with cameras and like photography stuff. So I really got into that in like my high school years. And, you know, I learned from like YouTube tutorials and all yeah. this stuff. And I would like spend my entire day editing. Um, but like me and my brothers, we would, we would imitate or like draw inspiration. It was just, just a fancy way of saying we copied <laughs> like all these other funny yeah. people, like funny skits and stuff on YouTube. And we would make videos like that. And, um, one of those creators that we copied, um, he kind of like transitioned away from YouTube and he like started a podcast and like the third episode of this podcast that he, this YouTube creator that I kind of looked up to as somebody that I liked copying Mm -hmm. with, you know, my hobbies and videos and stuff. Um, like the third episode of this podcast that he came out with, he had a guest who named Richard Elliott Friedman, who was like a, a doctor in, um, I think, I don't remember what he, what he specialized in but he wrote a book called who wrote the bible and he kind of goes into like the history and like what evidence they have for you know the first five books of the bible basically um and he talks about like you know how they most likely weren't written until you know like the age of josiah or something in you know ancient israel and you know the time of judah and you know, obviously, if you know what happens in the first five books of the Bible, you know, that there's a lot of history before we get to that point. Like, um, and so it's like, he's talking about like these figures like Moses and, um, you know, all these other people that, you know, if you, if you know, like the, the, the lore behind the Bible, I don't know if that's what they call it, but you know, the, how they say that like Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. But, you know, when, when I was listening to this episode, he was like, yeah, we don't even really know if Moses actually existed. And that was something that was like, wait really mm-hmm. like i guess i guess like growing up i had always taken these things to be like historical fact like oh you know everybody believes it. it's got to be 
it's got to be true. There's got to be some truth to it. You know, it's like, there's no way it can be just like everybody was just like deciding to believe something and there wasn't really a whole lot of good evidence for it. Um, and I think that was the first, first time that I ever, I guess, did a double take, um, as far as my beliefs go. And I like, I kind of stopped for a second and I was like, wait, really, is this true? And, and then at that point I just kind of like kept searching for more information and more answers or, um, I guess more yeah. evidence, um, to kind of like figure out what, what was actually there, if, if there was anything, you know? Um, so that was definitely the first, the first time, um, that anything really kind of snagged maybe. Mm. Um, I would call that like my first snag in my sweater <laughs> okay. where it wasn't something that I was like trying to, you know, trying mm -hmm. to find or something. It's not like I was trying to like, you know, prove myself wrong. It was just, I was just listening because mm -hmm. I liked this this guy and I liked the videos that he was making and I was kind of a, just going to follow him to whatever he was going to do next. And, um, and then this came along and kind of slapped me in the face and I was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering, like, do you remember how you felt after hearing that? Was it more like intrigue or did it cause you to be alarmed yet? Or I don't know if you remember how you felt. I don't but... know. I think... I think intrigue is pretty close. Yeah, I think I was, I was interested, and um, I guess I, I wouldn't say I was too worried okay. or scared at this point. Um, I think I was mostly fascinated. Like I had never known this before, and nobody had told mm -hmm. it to me before. Um, so I, like, I guess I just started wondering what else wasn't made completely clear to me growing up. Um, you know, because as a kid you know, your parents and your pastors and stuff like that, they'll, they'll give you just easy answers. And, you know, this is, we know this hundred percent, you know, this is how things work. This is, you know, all these, you know, simple theological questions and like, you know, that kind of stuff is, you know, it, it makes sense when you're talking to a kid and stuff like that. But then, you know, when you get older, I think, you know, there starts to be a disconnect between like what, what you're grown up to believe and what, you know, you know, how much you can actually know to be true. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I guess I wanted to kind of like chase that a little bit and find out for myself. And I, I, I wasn't trying to disprove what I believed. I was just trying to like get more information about it. Um, and essentially just kind of like really know for a fact whether or not, or maybe not whether or not it was true as a whole, but maybe which parts were true and which parts weren't like I just wanted to make that dis distinction in my mind and I wanted to be a little bit more informed about what I believed because um, another thing that I did as kind of like a high schooler in my in my homeschool and kind of church um, years was I did this program through my church and it's it's common in a few assemblies of God churches as well it's like a, this youth activity called like Bible quizzing or Bible quiz I don't know if you've heard of it but um, essentially what you'll do is um, you'll memorize either a book or several books of the Bible, like entirely. And then almost like Jeopardy, they'll have these questions that will ask you to, you know, remember the names of a, of a person, names of a place. They'll, they'll ask you these really specific details. Sometimes you have to quote verses. Um, so it's, it's actually pretty competitive because you can face off in 
you know teams of three um and you get points and stuff like that and so i i got into that when i was like in sixth grade and i did it for like my entire high school and i was really like competitive and really involved and so i memorized over like 17 and a half books of the bible i would say um mostly the new new testament and damn man um, like for front to back yeah. start to finish 17 yeah. books yeah yeah wow not not all at once there were yeah, portions yeah, that they would still. do maybe like five five short books this year and then the next year <laughs> they would do like maybe like the whole book of Matthew okay. or something yeah. like that and it was yeah it was it was nuts but they um I, I took it seriously and I was like like I part of me honestly wanted to do it just so I could beat everybody else but also just kind of like the like the satisfaction that comes from like actually mm-hmm. knowing you know the verses of the bible was was actually like I don't know I, I really enjoyed that and that was another thing that contributed to, you know, my questioning later on was that I had like understood, like I, I had all these verses that I had memorized. And, you know, as soon as I realized that I could question what I was believed, it felt like, it felt like a chain reaction, like that I had completely lost control of what was in my head because everything was connected and like, my theology and like all these verses and like these these points and these answers for everything that were all kind of like dependent on um almost one thing like just like faith you know there's a lot of things that there weren't a lot of good answers for and it kind of came down to faith and i think once that chain reaction started or you know kind of the sweater unraveling is another good good uh analogy for that like that one yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that that actually you know as i was you know as my sweater was unraveling i thought of that and i was like this kind of feels like you know something that's like falling apart you know around me um but yeah for me it it felt like so much stronger It, it felt like i almost couldn't stop it um because like all these verses that were in my head like i would come up like every day there would be like a new question that I had like absolutely no idea how to answer um just from verses like popping into your head that you had memorized yeah yeah or just like one of my coaches for bible quiz they were um a greek professor um so like I had a lot of answers and I had a lot of resources and my pastors were all super well informed um and so I feel like my foundation was good like I understood christianity Mm -hmm. um the way that it was supposed to be taught or whatever so like I, I i know what you know what christians believe and i know i know what i used to believe and you know i i have all the verses to to back up the things that i believe i think this is a topic of conversation on your youtube channel and in one of your videos but and i think we've all experienced this to some extent this concept that if you cannot full even though you had memorized books of the bible right you cannot fully mm-hmm. interpret and understand the word without the discerning spirit, right? The discerning nature of the Holy yeah. Spirit. And That's and true. so what happens then is, okay, well, even though you, and, and you memorized all these books and you were very competitive with it, if you weren't truly in the spirit, those words mm-hmm. would have been hollow to you. So this kind yeah. of notion that, well, you must not have, truly been a christian can you speak to that a little bit at past the intellectual part of 
under knowing the words of the Bible, but mm-hmm. more of that of the personal relationship that you had with the church, with the faith, with Christ, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. My Christianity wasn't entirely intellectual mm-hmm. at all. Like, I, you know, I would like I considered myself all in, and you know, we would go to these, you know, church camps as a high schooler. Where I, like, I would literally speak in tongues, which I don't think is a thing anymore. But like at the time that I. I was completely convinced that it was legit and you know everybody else around me was you know speaking in tongues as well and like I you know I was passionate about doing it right if I was going to be a Christian and like I you know there was a lot of verses you know about like being lukewarm and and this or that and like that was something I really wanted to avoid like if if I want to do something I'm kind of a perfectionist about it so um welcome to the club (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah um so like if i was going to be a christian i like in my mind i was like i'm gonna do it right i'm gonna like be all in about this and i think that contributed to my you know my searching for answers you know because like as soon as i you know my first snag came along i was like well maybe i should do some more digging and like actually learn a little bit more and be a little bit more informed about what i actually believe you know because i don't want to believe something that might not be actually true like you know i want to kind of drill down to the the core um and the things that i can actually show and prove to other people so would you say your motivation was to like strengthen your faith and like really be secure in your faith yeah yeah i wanted to be sure and you know i wanted to like i guess get it right um and so you know obviously to do that you need to kind of like learn what's right and what's wrong and so i i that was kind of where my motivation was. Um, so another thing I like about the sweater metaphor is that, you know, sweaters, the purpose is to keep you warm, to keep you protected. And then mm-hmm. as that's falling apart, you're feeling increasingly vulnerable because you just feel exposed. Um, and like you yeah. talked about how once in your head, these things kind of started to, they weren't aligning anymore the same way they did, you know, to keep yeah. you kind of safe within that faith so what what was going on with you at that time what what were you thinking what were what other snags were you finding i mean a lot of the questions that i had um were questions that aren't really new questions of like the problem of evil is a big one um another one for me was just like heaven and eternity and how you know the longer you think about it the less exciting living forever actually seems like (laughs) i was thinking like because like you know like i have a list of things that i'd I'd love to do before i died and i was wondering like if i never died i could do all these things like a million times and then i could do like a bunch of other stuff like a million times and like that would get boring eventually i'm sure like you know i was like does anybody actually want to live forever? Like, I'm sure maybe after like 200,000 years, maybe you should, maybe you should call it quits after that. Like, I don't know. That kind of reminds me of The Good Place. Have y'all seen that? Yeah. 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 I did see that. And that, that, that did a pretty <laughs> yeah. good job of kind of explaining the same thing that was going on in my head. And I was like, wait, is this really all yeah. that's cracked up to me? And, you know, and also like how like in heaven you're supposed to be like, there's no sin or anything like that. But we're also somehow supposed to have the same amount of like free will that we have on earth and so i'm wondering like another question i had was like well if we can have this perfect free will that like christians say god you know 
can't interfere with. He, you know, he can't interfere with our free will because he doesn't want robots serving him. It's like, if God can have that in heaven, why can't he just have that here? Like, let us have our free will and just not be able to sin and not, not allow bad things to happen to us, but we still have free will. And that was one thing that I was like, well, do people in heaven just not have free will? Are they not able to choose to sin in heaven? Or are they somehow different than they they are on earth do they change their personalities or something like that and i've that's another thing that answers never really could could clarify for me um and it just didn't really make sense but um yeah so another thing that was happening um i guess right after that snag maybe six months or so um my younger brother was diagnosed with cancer um which I don't like to, to talk a whole lot on, not because it's like pretty, you know, rough stuff, but mostly because that's something that a lot of people will latch onto and say like, oh, this is why you deconverted. Right, this right, is why, because you're, you're angry at God. But I think by that point, you know, when he got the diagnosis and started like going through, you know, treatments and stuff like that, I think I was kind of at the point where I wasn't angry at God. I think I was like trying to decide if there was anyone to be mad at, you know? Um, I've heard people tell me that I'm, you know, oh, I, I just did it because, you know, I'm mad at God or something like that. And, um, and you know, that's, that's really not it. I, it's maybe it's just unfortunate timing that my deconstruction was kind of like Starting, had started yeah. and, you know, when he was diagnosed and kind of carried on through until maybe a year or two after that. And, you know, yeah, like I kind of was deconverting along the same timeline that he was going through treatments and, you know, eventually in late 2018, he passed away. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, six months after that when I actually called myself, you know, an atheist for the first time. And so like the timeline just fits up for people mm -hmm. who want to say, oh, you know, you're just upset about your younger brother or something like that. And um, that's something I'd really don't like to hear yeah. um so yeah i'm i i really don't mind talking about it but it's also just like it's like an easy target for people so i try and always add, like add a caveat to that and be like you know yes this was happening and it, it it sucks but i like you know something else was already working in my head before any of this um and and that was like definitely had more to do with you know my my change in beliefs than you know, you know, a one diagnosis. Cause like, I, I knew what Christians would say, you know, as far as like, you know, if something bad happens in your life, it's like, you know, it's the, the God works in mysterious ways argument. It's the, you know, we're, you know, everything works together for our good, that kind of thing. Um, so like, obviously like I could, you know, I'm sure I could pull some good out of what happened, you know, cause there's a lot of things that, you know, like I, looking back, like I appreciated about my brother and, you know, I've, I've learned to be a lot more like outgoing of a person. And there's a lot of things that kind of like inspired me to kind of like do what I do today. And the person that I am today is a lot, you know, influenced a lot by him. So it's like, you know, there's, you know, if looking at it from like a, like a Christian worldview, I would say that like, you know, yeah, like he, you know, losing him kind of like helped me view life a little bit differently. And, um, you know, there's, you know, I could go into that, but like, you know, there, there's good and there's bad and everything. And, you know, I, I don't want to focus on that, but that was, that was also happening kind of along the line 
you know, along the same time frame as when I was deconstructing or pulling my, my thread. I mean, we all adopt the most convenient narrative that kind of fits what we already believe in our head about things. And so I think that probably yeah. does that. That's gotta be especially frustrating for you to have been going through this journey where you're working things out in your head and you're realizing, okay, I can't explain this any other way than just mm-hmm. blind faith. And that's not yeah. enough for me. Um, and, yeah, to go through that, like you probably, there's probably a lot of agony in that process for you. Um, as far as mm-hmm. this thing you've always believed now all of a sudden doesn't make sense anymore. And people don't see any of that part of your story. They just kind of jump to, yeah. well, this is why it happened. This is why he no longer yeah. believes. Are, are you able to find peace? And especially considering that you've deconstructed from a faith that tells you that there's an afterlife, right? That gives you that hope. Yeah. How are you able to yeah. find peace with it? Um, yeah, I yeah I do find peace with it. Um, I think, um, like I said earlier, you know where, you know the way that I live my life now, I've I've definitely taken inspiration from you know from him, and he was a pretty, he was the youngest child, so you know those are <laughs> pretty wild, and they get away with a lot, and so he was pretty charismatic and and stuff like that, and so I think you know when he died, I kind of like. I realized that like, you know, you know, his personality and, you know, the way that he really didn't seem to care too much what people thought, you know, he didn't mind getting in trouble a little bit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That was something that I kind of, I took and I was like, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit of him can, you know, can live in me. And, um, you know, I, but before that point, I, my hair was completely like buzzed really short, like every homeschool boy was. So I grew my hair a little longer you know, for him and it, and it ended up looking better. So I, I kept that part of, kept that part of him around too. Um, but yeah, so things like that, that I kind of like, you know, that I appreciated about him and, you know, I kind of, I kind of took those best parts of him and, and I, I, I tried to emulate them. Um, and that's kind of one way that I, you know, keep him in my mind and stuff like that. And, um, that's, there's peace there. And, you know, I, I still miss him and stuff like that, but, um, I think day to day, you know, I, you know, it's not, I don't feel completely hopeless or anything like that. I, you know, I do feel like there's, you know, I appreciate the times that I had with him and and this and that. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay. (laughs) I keep coming back to just in my head, debating on whether I should say it out loud or you know or not. But um, sure. thank goodness that oh, there's God. editing that. Ta- no, no, I <laughs> yeah, and, and trying to figure out how I'm feeling about this, uh, putting it in words. But there's, for me, there seems to be such a selfishness when somebody attempts to exploit um, something like a death, right? And tries to rob somebody of living a humane experience, the humane experience of grieving, um, and kind of exploiting that to the point where they're exploiting it. They're saying that this is why you know you're, you're claiming there's no God because of the anger, all mm-hmm. so that they can feel better about their faith construct, right? A faith that was taught to them, how they view that and kind of trying to rob you of that, the the ownership of uh, the truth of your own experience. It it just seems Mm -hmm. very selfish to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's a good observation. Yeah, I've, I've definitely noticed that too. People, you know, it's it's a thing that has been repeated before, and it's even, you know, kind of common in <laughs> Christian movies where you'll see like, oh, you know, the mom of this character dies from cancer or something like that, and they're so mad, you know, like, you know, things seem to get reduced, you know, and oversimplified, and, you know, there's the, the amount of kind of effort that gets put into kind of like really understanding where somebody's coming from. Um, a lot of people don't do that. And they just kind of like, they like to write, write off, you know, certain, certain people, their stories and, and this or that, like, you know, because they fit into a, a nice little mold that has, you know, a pat answer mm -hmm. that they can, that they can kind of explain to their, the rest of their church or this or that. And, you know, things make sense, you know, when it's, when it's put so simply, but it keeps their sweater you know, the, nice and cozy. Yeah. yeah. Like the truth is things aren't, things are rarely simple. Right. So. I read something the other day that was like, if you can't explain back to someone what they're saying in a way that they approve of, then you really don't understand yeah. what they're saying. You're not really listening. I thought that was really good. Mm -hmm. Cause like you said, I mm -hmm. think today a lot of us, we think we know what someone is saying, but maybe we really haven't. Yeah dug yeah. into it well cliff's right i mean we're all you know everybody's just trying to feel safe in their own sweater mm -hmm. and then when yeah. someone you know and love goes through some goes through especially this process uh it, it does feel like a direct challenge or a direct assault on your own sweater and so you want to mm -hmm. hold tighter to you know, those things and explain away anything that might cause you to have some doubts on your own yeah a lot of times too, I, I still do this, honestly, where people will listen long enough to where they get to the point where they kind of like hit like a trigger word or some kind of like point comes up and they're, oh, I have an answer for that. You know, oh, I can write you off because of this <laughs> or that. And like, you know, oh, you said this wrong thing, you know, therefore this is why everything you said was wrong, that kind of thing. It's like, that, you know, I still do that sometimes too, where somebody will you know, use kind of like a tired argument and be like, oh, that's, that's ridiculous. Why would you say that? And then I just kind of move on. And I think, you know, that's, that's what happens, you know, that, that's what happens to me, you know, when I, when I talk about this and, you know, that's, I guess that's something that maybe we can all try and like do better at, or, you know, try and be a little bit more self-aware in our, in our conversations with people. Um, well, can I, can can I ask you this? Uh, it, you just mentioned kind of writing off, right? And and this was my mm -hmm. next question for you. I mean, you call yourself, you've labeled yourself Jake the Atheist, right? That's like yeah. your channel name, right? And yeah. and that's yeah. it seems to me that's how you kind of desire to be known. Um, mm -hmm. So my question is, first of all, you having Jake the Atheist. You, you you must be somewhat aware that the word atheist being linked to your name is immediately going to a lot of people are going to write you off like they they may mm -hmm. not even listen because of that um yeah so I, I guess my question is and i don't know if if you were maybe getting to this how do you go from you know there there are some people who go from a strong faith that's not lukewarm to more of like a progressive Christianity type situation. There are some who maybe go into an agnostic type mm -hmm. element on the spectrum of agnosticism. Is that a word? Um, yeah. But you've jumped straight to 
I'm not even just thinking about being an atheist. I am Jake the atheist. How yeah. do you how do you make that jump? What compelled you to do that? Yeah, um, I I think you know initially like with my my fundamentalist beliefs, um, progressive Christianity never really appealed to me because it felt like a lot of distorting or reinterpreting of the Bible in ways that I had already been raised to kind of refute. Like uh, as a fundamentalist, you're kind of warned against Christians who will try and be, you know, overly accepting of people and this or that. And like, you know, it's like a watering down of the church or something like that. Like it's, it's definitely been a topic that they've kind of like warned me against growing up. And so I think, you know, when the, the time came for me to kind of like leave my church and, you know, look for I spent a period of time looking for other churches to go to. Like, I think progressive Christianity just felt hollow to me. It felt like they were trying to marry two things that didn't really mix, you know, like a, like an oil and water situation where um, it felt like the, the book that they, you know, read from every Sunday morning has verses that are inherently, like, not progressive. Um, and, you know, as, as much as they want to, you know, contextualize things for the time period or for the specific people. It's like, well, I mean, this is from a, this is spoken by a God that's, you know, timeless and, you know, doesn't have any national boundaries. Right. So it's like, you know, at some point, you know, somebody's going to be able to use this verse to hurt somebody else. And so, you know, if, if you want to like repackage it fine, but, you know, I think the more important thing is to kind of like speak out against these kinds of verses. Um, so for me that I, I, I just kind of like skipped that base entirely on my way, um, on my journey. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then as far as like agnostic agnosticism goes, I, I still consider myself in that camp. Um, I like officially, I, I would call myself an agnostic atheist, but that doesn't, that doesn't work too well as a channel name. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, you know, claim to know for a fact that there's no God. Um, I, I'm still really interested in the, in the subject, but I think, you know, from what, from what I can know for a fact now, I, I, I can't prove that there is one. And, you know, I, you know, when you look around at the world, it seems like a lot of things work and function as if there isn't anything outside, there isn't any outside force influencing things. Um, and, you know, good things happen to pretty much everybody. And so does bad things like, you know, what happened with my brother, you know, I don't consider that to be any kind of punishment or, you know, some kind of lesson to be taught to me. I think it was just kind of like, you know, everybody's got a dice roll and, you know, maybe we got a bad hand or something like that. Like, um, I'm, you know, so I guess, you know, the atheist comes from, I, I, I chose the, atheist label specifically i focused on that because um like a lot of the stigma that you mentioned earlier around atheism and the way people are perceived when they you know label themselves as atheist um and how that's really used as kind of like a negative term um and you know it, it feels like the way that term is is viewed kind of pushes people to kind of like you know maybe be a little bit more um maybe tiptoe a little bit with their their labels and maybe 
it'll cause more people to kind of say, oh, maybe I'm agnostic or this or that, when you can be both, like you can not know and still not believe in a god. Um, so I, I chose atheist for my channel name, at least. Um, and, and that's what I tell people usually, um, just to kind of, I guess, um, be a little bit of a better example of, you know, what an, what I think an atheist should look like. Um, well, I mean, I think everybody should look like this um, and, you know, try and be as charitable and, you know, open to listening and discussing and just kind of like learning as, as they can be. Um, but when, when I, when I tell people the word atheist, I want them to, you know, think about these kind of things that I'm, that I'm pushing for. So a little bit of the, the reason for that, that name change came from kind of like a desire to be a little bit more, um, of an example setter, mm -hmm. um, and to kind of push back against stigma, but it, it's definitely, you know, where I'm at today. Um, I, as much as I wanted to believe and I wanted to hold on to something, I just, I, you know, I ended up questioning Christianity and then altogether, you know, a belief in a deity. And I'm kind of left waiting, I guess I'll rephrase that last part where I was like, um, I guess I, I kind of left the ball in God's court where I'm like, if, if you're real, I'll, I'll let you give me some good evidence for it. Cause you know, a story about a dream with somebody's grandma probably isn't too great of evidence. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm open to the possibility, but you know, until now I, you know, I'll, I'll save my belief until, until I, you know, get something that I can reliably, you know, demonstrate. No, I was just thinking about when you were talking, like when you were a Christian, you wanted to be full, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, not lukewarm not right. lukewarm and it's like yeah. now it's yeah. atheist like you want to be like what you think people should think when they think of the term atheism rather than yeah. that yeah I, that's true. I think that anybody who listens to our individual journeys um it and many of the people that we've had on we were not lukewarm christians we we took our faith seriously that and whatever was in us that had that characteristic of not wanting to be lukewarm we don't get rid of that just because we're deconstructing i mean we take that same element with us and that's how we deconstruct kind of passionately and and we don't want to be lukewarm about that um so and you you mentioned i guess one of your goals um is to kind of help to re redefine what atheists look like or what it means is do you have another is that your main goal as as far as for your youtube channel like what do you have a mission statement jake like what's your what's hmm. your goal yeah i think yeah my mission um is just to kind of put this this discussion and and um just kind of the channel topic it, it it's pretty popular with I mean, this is becoming more and more common for, for channels to do, to kind of like have these discussions with people who don't agree with them. But I think my channel, I really want to focus on positivity and I don't want a lot of debate. I want, yeah. I want it to feel like a place where Christians and people who don't believe and even people of other religions can just kind of like say what they believe and we can kind of look at things, you know, skeptically, you know, not cynically, but just to kind of, you know, try and get down to the the bare bones of what 
what's truth, what we can actually show to be true, and you know what we can show to bring benefit to our lives and the lives of people around us. Um, um, you know, atheism doesn't seem to do much more than you know maybe give a skeptical lens to look at things, um, which is why I like you know like humanism and you know these other ideals that kind of like go above and beyond that. You know, I don't call myself Jake the Humanist, but that's something that I really believe in as well, where, you know, we're, we're kind of the ones that are left to help each other out and, you know, solve our own problems. So, you know, that's, that's another of the, you know, the attitudes that I have, you know, coming into my channel where it's like, I, I want people to feel like this is a place where they can, you know, not feel judged for how they feel, whether they're complete devoted Christian, whether they're hardcore atheist, whether they're somewhere in the middle deconstructing, um, whether they're a completely different religion entirely. Like I'm, I'm totally fine to, you know, listen to what you have to say and offer my thoughts. And, you know, I don't want to judge people. I, you know, cause I know where I was at and in my, in the back of my mind, you know, when I'm making a video or live streaming something like that, I, I always kind of like am thinking about the people in my family who you know, are still Christians, but like, I really want them to kind of like hear what I have to say. Cause growing up, like my parents, we never really got too deep in our conversations. They would tell us what they believed and we would kind of copy them. Um, we never really kind of had a back and forth, like a questioning, like, why, 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 why do we do this? Why, why is this a thing? You know, why do you think this is, this is real? Why do, why do we believe this at all? That kind of thing. Um, it was, it was a lot of kind of top down, you know, authority structure, structure, which is common in, you know, fundamentalist households, um, where it's like, you know, the husband and then the wife and then all the kids below it. But yeah, so I guess I'm trying to kind of, you know, maybe, you know, as I kind of grew out from my parents, I, I guess I chased what I was missing and these questions that I wasn't really asking before. And so that's kind of what I want to do with my channel. But, you know, at the same time, in the back of my mind, I, I want, you know, I want my parents and, you know, you know, my sibling, like my older brother to maybe ask the same questions that I learned to ask as well. Um, and so I, I, I try to gear my content towards people who are maybe still believers and maybe who have never even started asking questions before. So I want to kind of put things in a way that won't push them away, that will maybe help them empathize a little bit with where I'm at now, um, because I want to empathize with, with where they're at now. Um, and essentially just kind of meet in the middle a little bit and not try and drag everybody kicking and screaming yeah. over to, to what I believe. So what is that relationship like now with your parents? Yeah, it's, um, well, um, interesting story. We, as my brother was kind of dealing with his cancer and his treatments, we kind of split, um, not like physically, we still lived together, but like, as far as like our beliefs, we kind of took two different paths. Um, I would say to keep the sweater analogy going, like I started pulling, like my sweater started to unravel and they started knitting another one. Like 
or making it thicker yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Um, because my, my parents, my mom specifically kind of got really involved in like alternative healing things and, um, a lot of pseudoscience as well as she was trying to like help my brother recover from cancer. And so she kind of got sucked into a lot of these really predatory, you know, marketing, um, tactics that are used by alternative healing who kind of, they, they sow a lot of distrust with, you know, people in traditional medicine while selling you something, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it, you know, while I was trying to learn how to be more logical in my reasoning and more skeptical of things, she kind of, I guess, went in the deep end of kind of the opposite of that. Um, and that kind of progressed until today where they are even more hardcore right-wing conservatives than even I, I remember them as kids. Um, and I've heard all kinds of conspiracy theories thrown around, you know, on vacations and stuff like that. When we go out to dinner with the, out to dinner with them, it's, it's, so things are a little tight, you know, like I'm, I, I'd love for things to be, you know, more friendly and like more open. Um, but I think it's that same kind of attitude of not really wanting to talk about things too much, you know, just liking everybody to agree and get along, um, just preferring things that way. Well, Jake, I was going to say you are, uh, you are a better man than I, uh, in terms of just the, the charitable aspect that you bring to your platforms and your conversations. <laughs> I'll, um, I'm sure I'll be jaded s- soon. Uh, It'll happen. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, perhaps, uh, but yeah. I appreciate that though. Thank you. <sighs> Cliff's, Cliff's still in the bitter phase. I, I'm still, so. I'm still in the very anger and bitter and, yeah. and everything is on the surface with me. And, and there are many mm-hmm. trigger words <laughs> with, with yeah. me but uh um, but you you yeah. well in the same way that you kind of we, we talked about jake you know you're not you were trained not to be lukewarm uh mm-hmm. and so obviously like cliff said you're going to carry that into whatever and i think it comes from mm-hmm. a place of taking our faith so seriously that you know we start investigating anyway but i the same thing cliff cliff's always been a fighter and so yeah. <laughs> before it was fighting for yeah. the faith and now it's yeah fighting yeah yeah, no, I, I, I relate to that too. Like I, you know, I definitely had that period of, they call it like the angry atheist phase. I mean, you don't even have to be an atheist to be angry, but I, I still have those moments too sometimes. And, you know, at least I, 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 I keep those offline as, as often as I can, but I, you know, don't, I don't keep them worry. online as often as I can. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What'd you call it earlier? A keyboard warrior? Yeah. Uh. yeah. <laughs> But like it's it's like you're offering uh, something similar to what we're trying to offer here, like a safe place. If if yeah. somebody were to go onto my individual accounts, it's it's not so safe. Yeah. But, um, it's out. a little bit more fire and brimstone. So it sounds like I mean your cha- it sounds like I've I've watched the videos. I think that your yeah. channel is I don't want to say like a gateway drug, but a safe. <laughs> step for some people who might be willing to possibly ask some questions and you and you ask them to do so in just the yeah. nicest kindest most loving way you know you, it's like you give them a little blanket baby's you know? first atheist <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, Rich, Richard Dawkins later, take the atheist now. Yeah. Well, and yeah. think about, a lot of people might be interested in hearing perspectives, but they, I mean, they don't want people mm-hmm. to know that they, I would imagine, you know, there's some, yeah. they might want to hear people's perspectives, but not really publicize that they're mm-hmm. looking into mm-hmm. atheism because yeah. of, like you said, the negative connotations. Yeah, or they just don't want their existing belief to feel attacked yeah. while they're right. just trying to kind of learn a little bit more yeah. you know well uh jay um you know thank you again for joining us on this platform and um and just thank you for for what you're doing and for you know your passion just to seek answers to seek honest answers in an honest way and for being, being vulnerable enough to call yourself Jake the Atheist, right? And, and having that, mm-hmm. I, I do think it takes courage. So yeah. thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Thank you. Yeah, uh, this, was, this was an honor, honestly. And we were drawn to you specifically because of, like, your goal, like, yeah. to create this kind of kind, yeah. <laughs> baby's first thing, yeah, first atheist. <laughs> like, it, it's the kindness that, to me, resonates most. Because you don't have to be an asshole about atheism. And I think maybe, yeah. I don't know, 2010s, it was like kind of on brand uh-huh. to be yeah. every fuck everybody who doesn't think yeah, exactly I like I think or who still yeah. has some faith. But yeah, you're definitely presenting a way, a, a way more approachable, a softer version of atheism. Yeah. Yeah. I think Thanks. a children's yeah. book is in your future. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll think about it. Yeah. yeah. Working on my procreate skills. Let me know if you need some. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, man. Well, yeah. Again, appreciate it. Thanks for getting up early for yeah. us. Yeah. No on, on your last day of vacation. I do it again. Yeah. Thank you uh, very much. Awesome, Jake. All right. Well, that was our conversation with Jake. Uh, again, great guy. We 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 told him, but we appreciated him. Yeah. Um, taking nice. the time to talk to us. Yep. And he's on West Coast time, and so he had to get up early to talk to us. And yeah. yeah. We appreciated that as well. West uh, Coast. Anything else, anything else before? Uh, don't forget to check out our website. Uh, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We would appreciate it. Uh, we're always looking for feedback, so you can email us at pullingthreadspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, um, Facebook. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Love to hear from you. Yep. We'll see you next time. See ya. And there's Sky. (laughs) (laughs) She was saying bye. Perfect time. Sky says bye. Play that musical clue. Damn it. Play that musical cue. Damn it. Play that dream like cue. What? Dream cycle. Damn it. Play that dream cycle cue. (laughs) I'm so lost. (laughs)